welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live, your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, color breaking news, culture, magic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. And looks like the state is fighting back. Uh, the IMF uh, recent it was basically the end of last week. We didn't have a, we didn't have time to cover it, but they they announced they they announced their uh, <laughs> their worldwide uh, crypto their version of a cryptocurrency. It's a world coin. Uh, apparently, it's called the Unicoin. Uh, terrible, terrible name. So we're gonna di we're gonna dive deep into that. But one of the things that I found interesting though is that in the documents of this world coin, it actually unveiled what the policy recommendations of the IMF were, or are better said, to stop the adoption of Bitcoin worldwide. And we're gonna dig into all those. It's about like 10 policy recommendations. And what you guys will find interesting is that a lot of these things are things that, you know, specifically the United States, Operation Choke Point 2.0, it sounds very, very similar, right? And remember what the IMF did when it came to the conditions that they offered Argentina for the bailout. One of those conditions was that Argentina had to had to had to de-incentivize the adoption of Bitcoin. The government did. Um, and that's absolutely crazy, specifically in a country that is suffering through 99% inflation. You know, so when these people take this like moral high ground of, hey, this is what's best for you, we just want monetary stability, I think it's just a bunch of nonsense. And remember how the IMF reacted when El Salvador said that they were making Bitcoin legal tender, right? They made a huge ruckus. They said that El Salvador was going to default on its loan. Not only did El Salvador not default, they had record GDP growth. They have, they've decreased crime to historic lows and the country is actually attracting people back to the country, which is a huge problem in Central America. People want to leave and they want to relocate to the United States where they, they, want op, they want more opportunity. People are actually going back to El Salvador and people are noticing this worldwide. It was mentioned on, it was mentioned on Tucker Carlson. It was mentioned on Tim Pool, right? So people are noticing this experiment and I think that is really, really shaking them to the core. Anyways, during the culture, uh, we're super excited. We have Jordan from Thank God for Bitcoin. They're actually throwing a conference around the Miami conference that I'm actually speaking at where I'm really, really looking forward to it. And it's something that we don't really talk a lot about on this show, but we've mentioned it. We've hinted to it, but we are going to cover it during the culture, which is this idea that Bitcoin, you know, Max Kaiser has that quote, right? You don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you, right? And you, you'd have to think about that. My theory of the cases for that is simple, right? I think fiat is fundamentally disconnected from reality. It's fundamentally disconnected from the universe. And I think Bitcoin is fundamentally connected to the universe because it's anchored to reality via proof of work, right? And I think that once your unit of account is something that is literally connected to reality, I think your whole outlook of the world changes. And what I've seen, the pattern that I've seen with Bitcoiners that weren't normally, they weren't very spiritual people. They become spiritual. Something's there. I don't think we've quite pointed, we've quite figured it out yet, but I think it's a fascinating pattern that I've picked up on. Anyways, before we start the show, I want to bring up our very special guest from Thank God for Bitcoin. How you doing, Jordan? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, just thrilled to, to have you in Miami for the conference and then just to be able to be here on the show, obviously. So, well, really, really looking forward to it. That's going to be one of my favorite events. And obviously, I recommend you guys 
going there as well. We'll, we'll put all the information up on screen. Sure. And of course, my legendary co-host, always optimistic, sent me an optimistic photo this morning as soon as he woke up. Like, Nico, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's great. How you doing, Opti? <laughs> I am doing great. Well, I got a lot of rest this weekend, so I'm good to go. You know, I slept a little more than usual, so overly optimistic on Monday morning. But yeah, man, uh, I, I'm excited for these topics. First and foremost, you know, hey, at least we know the IMF is uh, laying their cards out on the table and we know where they want to go with this one. So I'm sure we're going to thoroughly debunk this whole thing. And again, it's something I say all the time, you know, Bitcoin has forced the narrative and they wouldn't have got to this point if it wasn't for Bitcoin succeeding. So, Hey, hashtag we're winning, continue to win. Bitcoiners continue to win. <laughs> Anyways, I'm excited for the culture today. This one's going to be good, but let, let's just get into this one, Nico. Absolutely. All right, everybody, let's start the show. Let's do this. The Bitcoin numbers brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. All right, everybody, I also want to tell you about the biggest Bitcoin conference of the year, Bitcoin 2023. It's coming up. It's literally in a month. You have to get your tickets now. It's in Miami Beach, Florida. If you didn't know, it's May 18th through the 20th. It's literally in a month. You don't want to miss it. We have a promo code for you guys. You can use promo code simply to get a big discount on your tickets. The future of Bitcoin starts at the Bitcoin 2023 conference. Let's go through some of the speaker list. They have Michael Lewis, author of Moneyball, The Blind Side, The Big Short, Arthur Hayes, Michael Saylor, Adam Back, Jack Maulers, the creator of Ordinals. Casey's going to be there. Alex Gladstein, Stacey Herbert. Uh, we have Beauty on. We have... Uh, BTC Sessions, Bobby Lee, Caitlin Long, Nico, and Opti are going to be there as well. You definitely don't want to miss the biggest Bitcoin celebration on the face of the earth, Bitcoin 2023. And you can use the promo code SIMPLY to get yourself a big discount on the tickets to Bitcoin 2023. Anyways, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 29370 Sats per dollar, 3,405. Block height, 785,828. Reachable Bitcoin nodes, 17,096. Blocks to having 54,172. Having estimate April 20th, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity, 5,438. Bitcoin capacity value, 159 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation, 1.76%. And the market capitalization of Bitcoin, 500. $167 billion in the grand scheme of things. Bitcoin is still a baby. Anyways, guys, we've been talking a lot about the Overton window. We've been talking a lot about how Bitcoin needs to break out of the Bitcoin echo chamber and it needs to be discussed in mainstream. It basically needs to seep into mainstream consciousness. And we're seeing little, little, little signs of of that doing of, of that happening right right whether it's tucker which is one of the largest you know uh, cable news network anchors 3.5 million average viewers and listeners per episode or tim pool which happens to be one of the most popular podcasters in the world right now gets tens of thousands of live viewers when he does his tim cast irl show 
and they're mentioning Bitcoin consistently, right? But we need more of this breakthrough because I really believe that Bitcoin is the great unifier. I, I think that a lot of the issues, political issues that are happening in the US right now are really caused because of the economic hardships that people are enduring. I think it's, it's, it's really fueling the fire. Um, and I do believe that if you fix those, uh, you fix those economic issues by using a money that doesn't steal from you, I really believe that a lot of that stuff will cool down. Anyway, so Bill Mayer uh, was talking about, you know, the it, basically the environmental costs of Bitcoin mining, and talking about environmentalism in, in general. And here is Ben Gagnon, and he is the chief mining officer at BitFarms, which is a publicly traded. Bitcoin mining company. And, you know, he points out something really interesting. Actually, this tweet went viral and, and he tagged uh, Ben McKenzie and he says, you think you're an expert on Bitcoin mining and energy. You wrote a book. I am the chief mining officer at BitFarms. I have done this full time for eight years in seven countries. Debate me anytime, anywhere. And I think that's what needs to happen. There needs to be a debate, right? It can't just be, you know, some academic that wrote the book, but actually hasn't done it. Right. Just, you know, talking all this, as you say in Spanish, all this mierda, all this shit. Right. This debate needs to happen. Anyways, I have the short clip for you guys. I'm going to play it and then we'll talk about it. Let's check it out. In 2021, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies used the energy equivalent of Argentina, the right. entire country. Right. To I, I, to to mine gas at zero sum bullshit like it, right. it, I, I don't know how to express now, how utterly and, useless and this i is. can't express how mad i am at the younger generations for embracing this yeah you think you're environmentalist and you think you care you just want to get rich like everybody else okay so um i'm glad he brought up argentina argentina has 99 percent inflation 99 percent yep. inflation that's who it's for that's yep. who it's for while you guys are laughing in your gold castle like ah, oh, how could you the, the younger generation the money printing stole from our future look at the price of real estate it's doubled in the last two years bitcoin is my hope bitcoin is my hope for even having a future i don't want to own nothing i want to own bitcoin and be happy i don't buy into your propaganda bullshit of you'll own nothing and be happy. That sounds like misery to me. So while they're laughing in their high castle, like, oh, this energy use. Wait, what about the fact that, it, you know, and this is what they always say, right? Bitcoin uses isolated energy. Bitcoin uses energy that was already going to waste. If it was not doing that, it would not be economical for those miners to use that said energy. It's not like Bitcoin miners are like plugging, like, okay, let's go to New York City and let's plug in these miners now. And we're going to plug them in. And they're going to take electricity from everybody else. That'd be too expensive for Bitcoin miners. Yeah. So where do Bitcoin miners go? Bitcoin miners go to isolated energy pockets because there's a huge, there's a lot of demand. Therefore, prices are cheap, right? So it's using energy that was already going to waste. So this like apples to oranges comparison, Bitcoin uses as much energy as the country of Argentina. What? Okay. But what energy is it using in the first place? What yeah. was being, what was that energy going to be used for? Yeah. That's never talked about. It's just a talking point. It's just a narrative. So unless people like Bill Mayer 
and a, like, you know, these predominant people that are, you know, consistently hammering home that Bitcoin wastes all this energy until they actually have a Bitcoiner on the show to debate. That is pure 100% propaganda spin. They're not telling the truth. The New York Times is more wasteful than Bitcoin mining. Bitcoin mining provides hope and it gives the ability for people specifically in the global south to use a money that doesn't steal from them. It also gives them the opportunity to transact with the global economy. So why isn't that talked about more? And I suspect it's not talked about more because this is propaganda. They're not really concerned about what the actual benefits of Bitcoin are, or they're not really concerned about actually having those discussions. What they're really concerned about is selling you a narrative, right? And you know what? In the days of the internet, where just an average Joe could just spin up a podcast or tweet or say whatever, their ability to control the narratives is greatly diminished. So I don't think they'll be able to do this for very long. Anyways, uh, I want to get Jordan's take, and then we'll move on to Opti. Yeah, honestly, and this might surprise some people. I I've loved Bill Maher. Like I've I've been watching him for for years, um, and I just appreciate. I mean, he's pretty equal opportunity when it comes to calling out people on on the left and the right. And there's obviously a bunch of things I don't agree with him about. Um, but I, I have appreciated, especially the last three years. He's been uh, a surprising voice of sanity as related to like you know lockdowns and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I'm just pushing back against, you know, just the accepted dogma on, you know, a lot of different things. Um, so I, again, I just, I, I'm, I'm optimistic for the long run with him. I, I think he's generally willing to, to, you know, he's not scared of free speech. So he's willing to have people from both sides on. Um, so I'm hopeful that at some point he'll get an Alex Gladstein or, uh, you know, I don't even know who else, uh, Michael Saylor or something, uh, you know, get somebody on there who can kind of give him some more perspective. Um, I, I think the other reason why Argentina, um, which is a great place, but not as good as Uruguay. Um, another another reason why uh, Argentina, vamos Uruguay. Um, another reason why Argentina is is an ironic choice is because I would be willing to wager that uh, Argentina is actually using less power <laughs> in a lot of places. Like so, the fact that it uses more energy than Argentina isn't actually saying as much as they they think that it would be saying because of the fact again because of what you mentioned that you know all of these fiat policies are killing people in, in Argentina's ability to have enough money to pay for things like electricity. I'm sure that, you know, the, the ways that their uh, currency has been devalued uh, has, has affected that. Um, so again, I just think what you have, again, I, I'm not like somebody who, you know, wants to like talk about all oh, the privilege, you know, all these kind of things. I don't, I don't bring that up all the time, but like what you, it's just ironic. You have a Hollywood actor and uh, a comedian who's got a TV show who, you know, is, is talking about these different things. Um, you know, I just think it's, you know, you guys have, you have guys who don't know what they're talking about, talking about things that they don't know. And so when, when you do that, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be consequences to it and it's, it's not going to work out <laughs> very well. Um, yeah. A hundred percent. But I mean, like, so the, but the internet has empowered us to fight back. Like this is what yeah, we're doing 100%. right now. You know, we're, we're calling out the hypocrisy. We're calling out the privilege because that's really what it is. It's privilege. Yep. You know, it's like, yep. oh, Bitcoin does. Well, it's easy for you to say if you yep. live in a country with developed financial rails and a relatively yep. stable fiat country, uh, currency, it's very easy for you to say, man. Yep. Uh, yep. But you no, know, the vast, the, the majority of the world does not have that privilege that you yep. have. And Bitcoin is perfect for them, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyways, and, no. I, the other thing I was just gonna say is like it's easy. I mean, I, again, I'm I'm simp I'm more sympathetic to kind of, I mean, their willingness to think it's you know to lump Bitcoin in with the rest of the crypto world. You know, like I, I 
I mean, Ben Ben raises some good points. Like, and he's correct about ninety nine percent of the crypto industry. Or, you know, I don't know if you could work out Bitcoin's a larger percentage than you know than you know than a lot of these other things. But again, I, I just think it's easy to just throw out the baby with the bathwater. And again, there's there's good reason not to do that. Obviously, as it relates to Bitcoin. Um, but again, I think acknowledging acknowledging the the valid points they make while actually you know while at the same time pointing out the the blind spots. I mean, again, even if you just you do look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is not used by very many people around the world at this point. Like it's it's you know one two percent whatever it is. So again, like I, I get you know they they're saying they're using the fact that Bitcoin is small today as a as a way to try to you know just say oh see it's worthless and that's a mistake. You know there was a point at which the internet was only used by a small percentage of the world, and if you just use the percentage using it to try to you know draw conclusions about its usefulness you would have made a, a category you know categorical error and a huge mistake and missed out on a lot of things as related to the internet so again i'm i'm, I'm more sympathetic to their to their weakness ben seems to be more of a bad actor honestly uh alex gladstein um, i don't know if you're gonna plan on touching on this in a little bit but um, alex basically said somebody asked hey oh it was uh, mike peterson from bitcoin beach um responded to a tweet that alex had put out and said, hey, didn't you sit down with him at Bitcoin 2022 this past year? And uh, and Alex basically said, yeah, but he won't release the video. And so, so again, that just seems like, again, it could have been anything, but it seems to me like if you actually wanted to know the truth, you would release that video, you know, for people to see the debate that they had. Um, so again, I, I'm I'm more, you know, Bill, Bill Maher seems more of a, you know, uninterested party. Like he just doesn't know, whereas Ben seems to be, there seems to be some, mixed motivations i mean ben's out here shilling his book and you know it's number one book on amazon and all these things so it seems like he's got some conflicts of interest in a way that um you know bill doesn't at this point so yeah 100 and you know it, i just want to emphasize the fact right like this message needs to be pushed forward people can't get stuck in the left yep. and right yep. bs because it's not left versus right yep. it's not red versus blue it's orange versus green right <laughs> And that needs to be pushed forward more. And these types of debates need to happen, right? Yeah. It, it, Bitcoiners need to understand that we need to break out of the Bitcoin echo chamber and more predominant mainstream figures like Bill Mayer need to be having these actual discussions rather than pushing, you know, I'll be very, and this is harsh words, but I truly believe that like what that guy said was propaganda. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was narrative yep. spin. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more nuance there, and that wasn't talked about, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, I think it's inevitable that these types of discussions are going to be forced upon people. Anyways, yeah. Opti, we got about a minute or two in the segment. Yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts on this, I'll brother? jump in real quick. Uh, to one of Jordan's points, you know, I also don't really like to use the framing of check your financial privilege, but like I think it's it's very fitting in this respect because you know Bill and and the other guy Ben. Uh, you know, they use Argentina to make their point about electricity use. But I have a friend in Argentina currently, and he the stories he's telling me about the people suffering and the hyperinflation going on at the very moment, like uh, it's very it's very hard not to notice the hypocrisy right now, because like this is what Bitcoin offers. You know, he says Bitcoin is utterly useless, but like they used Argentina and it's just like of any country in the world right now they are the perfect example of why you need to use bitcoin and it's yep. just very interesting that they use the global south in one respect to dunk on bitcoiners and that very example is one of the main shining examples of why people need bitcoin so again i know this uh, we got to run this short but like the climate change movement in my opinion is not a serious movement it's not about saving the planet it's yep. just about uh you know 
a feel-good narrative to control human action and the human population so that we do not flourish. And again, it's just like a Bitcoin meme, you know, the academics just found about uh, found out about Bitcoin and they're here to fix it. So, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, it's very interesting that even in their example of dunking on Bitcoiners, we're sitting here like, like I this just, look, I'm going to, I'm going to push back a little bit. Like on the, I, I just, I just don't know how you cannot come to another conclusion because people have done fabulous work. At least they, they've dedicated a lot. They, they've written papers about how a lot of these narratives against Bitcoin are just flat out wrong. And what worries me is that you see the continue. It's like, you see the continuation of the same talking points over and over and over again. And those talking points have not evolved. So like, yeah. I don't know how you can come to another conclusion. I don't know if the whole climate movement is BS. I, I don't, I, I don't have enough information to make that claim, but what I can make is that as if, as it relates to Bitcoin specifically, we've come up with a lot of information. A lot of Bitcoiners have spent a lot of time writing and making the case for, you know, uh, uh against how, how Bitcoin is actually helpful to uh to the grid it's helped stabilize the grids and what what worries me is that it falls on deaf ears like it's the same talking points those talking points don't evolve which leads me to suspect what opti's saying right like is it really about you know is it is it truly is it truly about climate change right but again you know no no way to know that for sure but you know i don't know how you can come to another conclusion we've been yeah. we've been having these conversations for for you know a, a, at least a year or two now right yeah. anyways we're running out of time let's move on to the next segment and uh, we got a lot to talk about with this uh imf world coin let's check it out <laughs> the daily news the daily news is brought to you by blockstream jade built by bitcoiners for bitcoiners it's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of bitcoin Check out the brand new limited edition color, the transparent green jade. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air gap Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device, assign transactions and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. All right, guys, I want to tell you also about our new sponsor, Orange Pill App. Stack, stack friends who stack sats. If you are, you know, if you're new to a city and you want to meet more Bitcoiners that have that same frame of mind, because one of the things that I've noticed, right, is that you start to lose your normie friends after a while because you're just <laughs> operating on a literally you're thinking differently than they are. You could say they're still asleep and you're awake and you're curious. Maybe you don't know a lot of Bitcoiners in your area. The Orange Pill app is for you. It connects you with other other Bitcoiners, there's other predominant Bitcoiners that are already on the app, like Nat Natalie Burnell, you have BTC Sessions, you have Safedine, you have Canute, you have uh, Princey, right? I'm on there as well. So definitely, if you know the social layer, if you want to connect with other Bitcoiners, especially locally, I recommend downloading the Orange Pill app. Don't download it today. And it's built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. Anyways, let's move on to the international, uh, this international central bank digital currency uh 
so strange. Uh, check out this uh, PR Newswire. It says, today at the International Monetary uh, Fund Spring Meetings 2023, the Digital Currency Monetor- Monetary Authority announced their official launch of an international central bank digital currency that strengthens the monetary sovereignty of participating central banks and complies with the recent crypto assets policy recommendations proposed by the IMF. Let's check that out. Right, because it says complies with the recent crypto asset policy recommendations. So let's check out what those policy recommendations are. Right. So this is a press release from Washington, D.C., February 2nd, 2023. And they were kind enough to, you know, lay it out for us. Look, it's just the paper sets forth a framework of nine elements that can help members develop a comprehensive, consistent, coordinated policy response. The nine elements or policy actions are uh, number one safeguard ah you hear that word again that phrase safeguard monetary sovereignty and stability by strengthening monetary policy frameworks and here's the important part here's the kicker and do not grant crypto assets official currency or legal stat tender status the first one i think is the most important one out of the entire list right so it's interesting though because i'm glad that they put that in the same sentence right So monetary sovereignty clearly does not mean Bitcoin, right? So in the eyes of them, monetary sovereignty, I guess it applies to central banks. I guess it applies to governments controlling money in the monetary policy. I'm a big fan of individual sovereignty through Bitcoin. Um, Clearly, I don't think they're fans of this, but I just think it's fascinating, number one. And remember the actions of the conditions of the bailout for Argentina, One of those conditions, right, is you must stop the adoption of Bitcoin within the country. That was one of the conditions given to the Argentine government in order to get the IMF bailout. If these IMF bailouts would have would work, then I think Argentina is like on number three or number four. Um, And not to mention the inflation rate of Argentina was reported 99 percent. So if the inflation rate is 99% and Bitcoin offers an option for the average Argentine to save in money that's not stealing from them, I don't think people understand what 99% inflation feels like. Hmm. Imagine going to the store and the prices of goods just doubling and tripling in a matter of a week or you know a week or a month. Like you can't live life like that. Mm-hmm. So is the IMF really concerned about the well-being of people? Or are they really concerned about protecting these institutions? And if that's the case, then I think we need to move on from the IMF. I think that's really the important conversation that we need to be discussing. Anyways, so number two, guard against excessive capital flow volatility and maintain effectiveness of capital flow management measures. And that's really interesting. Remember specifically here, at least in the United States. If you are to believe, you know, what what is being claimed about Operation Chokepoint 2.0, right, about how the current administration is attempting to isolate the industry from the traditional financial system. Isn't that interesting that that's number two on this policy framework from the IMF? Anyways, number three, analyze and disclose fiscal risks and adopt unambiguous tax treatment of crypto assets. Right. And that's really interesting. Right. Uh, Specifically, the tax treatment of crypto assets. Here is a uh, article from Coindesk that just dropped. And the headline for audio listeners is Sweden drives final nail into its Bitcoin mining industry with tax hike. Ah, interesting. A lot of coincidences, isn't there? Anyways. um, And again, 
What about the fin- what about the fiscal risks of 99% inflation? Why is that not talked about? Why are they so hell bent on rolling out these central bank digital currencies, even though central bank digital currencies don't solve inflation? And this is why Nigeria specifically, which I think is honestly a foreshadowing onto what's going to happen for the rest of the world, right? They tried to force people into central bank digital currencies. The central bank digital currency of Nigeria is called the e-Naira, has very low adoption rate. Last time I checked the numbers, it was like 0.5%. And compare that to the Bitcoin adoption rate in the youth population, it's like 30%. And why is that? Well, it's basic incentives. Nigeria has double-digit inflation. Why, why would I use the e-Naira if... I'm still dealing with double-digit inflation. When it comes to putting food on the table or listening to the man in the suit on TV talking to you about what money you should use and what money you shouldn't use, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to choose putting food on the table. And at least here in the West, I think people are still asleep to this fact because we have an inflation rate that is not so severe that it doesn't get people to start asking questions about what money is in the first place. Anyways... So number four, establish legal certainty of crypto assets and address legal risks. Number five, develop and enforce prudential conduct and oversight requirements to all crypto market actors. Number six, establish a joint monitoring framework across different domestic agencies and authorities. Number So they're telling you straight up, right? The CBDC, uh, we want to, you know, we want to monitor it. We want to control it, right? But at the same time, they're telling you that they, they don't want to do that. Look, so the recent Twitter files that were released by Elon Musk, right? They released a lot of things, right? And at least here in the U.S., right, we're technically protected under the First Amendment, right? You know, free speech and whatnot, right? A lot of people say, okay, but Twitter's a private platform. That's a fair argument, right? But the thing is, is that it was, it was, it was revealed after the fact when the Twitter files were exposed that the administration, I think it was both really, we're asking Twitter to pull down a lot of information. So if they're doing that with information, what makes you think they're not gonna do the same things with money? Here's a clip from Tucker Carlson today of an interview with Elon Musk and Tucker. Let's check it out. The degree to which uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. So again, right. So, you know, very, very clear. Right. And and again, I I think if my memory serves me correctly and I could be totally wrong here, I think they were specifically saying that they weren't doing that, um, which is just interesting. Right. So, and at the same time, right. These are the same institutions, the same governments that want you to trust them with the power of a central bank digital currency and the ability of that central bank digital currency to basically control society in a way, right? You know, I don't want to go down the social credit system rabbit hole because, you know, I don't think we have any facts to back that up, at least here in the States. But I mean, look, if history has shown, right, governments have for a long time, right, abused that power in order to protect their political moat. So I just don't trust them. I don't trust them with CBDCs. I don't think I don't think it's a good idea. And anyways, CBDCs are always going to want to do two things. They're always going to want to control and monitor them. And most importantly, they're going to want to keep inflation. They're going to want to be able to keep uh, uh, debasing the money. 
that's how they're able to get away with the deficit spending, at least in the U.S., right? The government spends $1 trillion more than it collects in tax revenue year over year, right? So the only way they're able to get away with that is with the hidden tax of inflation. They're able to print money, right? Anyways, number seven, establish international collaborative ar uh, arrangements to enhance supervision and enforce enforcement of crypto asset regulations. Number eight, monitor the impact of crypto assets on the stability of the international monetary system. I mean, I think the last part, they should change it up with the stability of the international monetary funds. Like they should just say international monetary fund because I think that's what they're talking about. Um, and number nine, strengthen global cooperation to develop digital infrastructures and alternative solutions for cross-border payments and finance. And I think the last one, number nine specifically, is the tell that I think really makes it clear that central bank digital currencies and the development of them and the fact that they're rolling them out as, as quick and as fast as they are is a response to what is happening in Bitcoin, right? It is a response to what they're seeing is happening in Bitcoin. I think they want to. I think they want to maintain the power over money. And I think that if you maintain the power over money, I think you can control people. And I think uh, governments have benefited tremendously from being able to control information, and not only control information, but also control money for decades and decades and decades. And I think the internet has completely disintermediated that. The internet has given us the ability to talk you know, directly to each other, you know, with the advent, you know, of social media, you know, right now I'm talking to you guys via YouTube, via Rumble, via Twitter spaces, right? So we're able to circumvent these gatekeepers of information. And at the same time of this disintermediation, I think we're watching also the disintermediation of money, right? And I think it's causing chaos, right? Specifically for governments that have been able to control, the, use these monopolies for their benefits for the longest time. And that actually goes to the theory of the sovereign individual, right? Where they were predicting that the rise of information technologies was going to give individuals freedoms of which they've never seen before their entire lives. They were able, they were going to be able to pick and choose what information sources they wanted to consume and what money they wanted to use. And I think that's what you're seeing here, but you're seeing the old establishment, the old system. I put the conspiracy theories aside, right? But you're seeing the old system fight back. You're seeing them want to retain that power. Lawrence Lepard said it best. They want to be able to keep the privilege of creating money for free that everyone else has to work for. And I think they're willing to fight. And remember the uh, article from Naim Bukele, right? Don't drink the elite's Kool-Aid. They're willing to lie, smear, print, whatever it takes in order to uh, maintain that privilege, right? So bunker down, take Bitcoin into self-custody. If enough people do it, we win this thing. There's nothing they can do about it. Anyways, I'm going to pass it on to Jordan first. Uh, what are your thoughts on all this, bro? I know I went on a little bit of a tangent here, but this is this is interesting. This is fascinating. This is this is their yeah. response. This is the global CBDC, the unicorn. This yep. is their response to Bitcoin. This is how they think they're going to make Bitcoin go away. What are your yeah. thoughts, bro? Yeah, it's uh, it's like uh, I remember this is going to age me a little bit, but I remember I think we, I think we were probably around the same age. I remember when like the Tamagotchi came out. There was like you know you guys remember Tamagotchis like these little these little pets. Well, I just remember going to Walmart. Um, and they had like the knockoff Tamagotchi. That's what I think about when I think about when I think about these you know, the unicorns. It's basically like this is this is a sad substitute, uh, you know, for for Bitcoin, which is you know better than it in every single way uh, imaginable. Um, not least of which is just the fact that it's built on you know Bitcoin is built on 
it, basically everyone who's ever used Bitcoin, except for some folks in El Salvador, if you want to go this route, has has used Bitcoin because they want to. Um, and, and so in, in this way, you have it's always easier. I'm, I'm a parent of four kids. Um, I'm, a, I'm a dad to four kids. And so it, it's always easier. Like if, if my kids it's it's always easier to get my kids to do something when they want to do it. Um, well, then, then if it's something that they absolutely, you know, detest and don't want to do. So in the very similar way with, with Unicoin, no, nobody wants this. No one is asking for this thing. It's something that's been foist. It's being going to be foisted on people. And so it, you know, it's not actually, nobody's, they're not actually asking for this thing. It's not solving problems for them. It, it's solving problems for the, you know, global, you know, elite governments, these, these central banks, it's, it's solving problems that they have that they've created. It's not solving problems that real people um, have and that are, that are looking to solve, whereas Bitcoin is the exact opposite of that. Um, so I, I think that's, I mean, again, the, the first thing that I think when I hear the, when I hear, you know, talk about the IMF is why am I listening to these people? Um, you know, why, like who, why, these people have zero authority over me. Why, why are, why are people so interested in what they, these people they, think? they think? They think they have authority over you, bro. Remember, yeah. remember their response to El Salvador? Yeah. You know, they talk about monetary sovereignty all a lot, yeah. a lot but when, yeah, El Salvador democratically 100%, made 100%. Bitcoin legal tender. They yeah. sure had a problem about that. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. And so, and so this is where I just go. I mean, like, again, it, hey, IMF, cry harder. Like, again, you, you don't have, you know, again, this is bad because it's used. It's actually a bad guy saying this, but um, big Lord of the Rings fan. And so you have Theoden when he's, you know, like controlled by Saruman. He basically says to Gandalf, you have no power here. You know, and that, that's what I just think about when I think about the IMF. That always comes to my mind is, you know, these people have zero power. Like, what do we like? We're we're literally we're subsidizing this power that they're trying to give themselves by paying attention to them. So on the one hand, I'm like, we should largely ignore these people. Um, another thing that I, that I just, another thought that I have related to this has to do with you, Nico, because we are announcing here on the air live um, that uh, you are going to be interviewing Alex Gladstein at TGFB 23. Um, and so the, the primary topic that you're going to be talking to him about is uh, the IMF, the role of the IMF and how they um, pimp the poor. Uh, pimp the poor all over the world to serve the interests of, you know, first world nations like the United States, like Europe. Um, they use them to, to get their resources. Um, and so again, this is going to be something that we, you know, is, is very important um, within the, the larger TGFB community. Um, you have, you know, people within, you know, within the broader Christian world, I mean, Christians control the va I mean, it's over 50% of the world's, uh, at least again, Christians on paper, control over 50% of the world's wealth. And so you have people who are giving to charities and giving to nonprofits all over the world. You have people who are incredibly invested and care about, you know, poor people and their plight and all kinds of stuff. And so we want to shine a light and you're going to be help, you know, part of, of helping us shine a light on, you know, the ugly reality of who the IMF is and what they're doing around the world. Um, so that's one thing, you know, we're, we're super glad to have you with us and, and hope you'll, you know, be looking forward to that. Um, super hyped, bro. I'm super <laughs> hyped for that. I hope I do you guys proud. Um, yeah, I, I was watching, I was watching your interview with him the other day. So I was like, oh man, these guys, these guys are, you know, this is old, old hat for them. So this would be good. Um, again, I, the other thing that I think about when I, when I think about, again, this has to do with the same question of like, why should I be listening to these people is one of the things that has happened as a result of fiat which just basically gives governments unlimited power. It functionally allows governments and central banks to make themselves gods. Um, and so, you know, again, as a, as a Christian, and, you know, there's lots of other people who would, who would object to this, but as a Christian, I believe there's one God. 
and it's not, um, you know, it's not this group of people. It's, it's not government. Um, and so again, so my, my, it's bringing up what, what Bitcoin does and what you kind of, you were referencing in the beginning, what Bitcoin does is it brings up all these, all these, uh, important questions that fiat is kind of shoved to the side, um, in the name of just, you know, raw power wins. This is what fiat enables is just whoever enables governments to be, you know, unlimitedly powerful and allows them to do whatever they want. But as that, as that system inevitably fails, the, you have these questions that just come up and in, in that start to be asked by people who are suffering the, the consequences of, of these bad policies. And those questions just are super fundamental. One of them is, is what is money? Um, you know, like, I don't know if you, we, we think about this, like we look at, if you look around at the world right now, you have identity crisis everywhere. You know, we don't know what anything is. We don't know what men are. We don't know what women are. We don't know what money, you know, like most people don't know what money is. We don't know what governments are. We don't know. I mean, you have all these people who we, we just have lost. We have lost sight of and lost like the ability to define what things actually are. Um, and so I think, again, you know, we talked about what is money and, and how thinking about and, and examining that question has been so revolutionary for so many of us, um, especially who are in Bitcoin, that, that question Trying to define what that what the answer to that question is has been revolutionary. I think another one. This is coming right now, and it's it's already been happening in in you know people within like the ANCAP movement, and you know it's not that this thing is like brand new, but just the amount of people who are asking these questions are are just in, are still incredibly small. Which is what is the role of government? You know, like wh why does government exist? What are the limits to their power? Um, and so, like right now, I mean, you just have a thing where you know. 50 or 100 elected officials sitting in an office uh, sitting in a room in Washington DC can decide anything and most people will just go along with it oh well you know they they passed the law and if you have an understanding of of law and and you know government that just says anything that 100 old people agree on is now binding on you know is now binding on me no matter what it is no matter how bad it is no matter how you know how how much it hurts people like you have a faulty view of what governance is um, and so I, I think this is, again, Bitcoin is, we always, we talk about Bitcoin being a revolutionary technology and, and I understand the context in which that's used, but it's also a, a revolutionary uh, technology in a number of other ways, because money is always, money is always a political, you can't, I, I'm going to get pushback on this maybe, but like you, you can't have money that's not political because money is tied to power. Um, you know, whoever makes money is, is, you know, wherever money is made gives power to the group of people who are making it. Um, and so, again, yeah, you, just, you come up with these issues. I, I think ha being able to, to have principled, um, philosophically consistent answers to these questions of, of something as basic as what is government? These are the questions that we're going to be answering, you know, over the next decade, few decades, whatever it is, as totally. fiat inevitably fails and, and you know, implodes. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to, I mean, people are going to be asking these and, and they're going to be trying to figure out through resistance, through, you know, debates, through all these different kinds of ways of like, what, what, where does government authority originate? Where does it come from? Um, and so, yeah, that, that's just another thing. I, I just think I'm, I'm looking forward to those conversations. I'm, it's going to, I think things are going to get, you know, much worse before they get better, but I think it's necessary. It's necessary that bad ideas, uh, which is our, you know, that's what we're seeing right now. We see bad ideas. We see all kinds of horribly unjust laws being passed and, and put into place. And it's going to have to get to a place where people really suffer more. I feel like before they realize, wait a second, wh what are we doing again? 
You know, every nobody yeah. wants to sit around and have these philosophical conversations. They seem very impractical and like a waste of time. But reality, I, actions have you know, ideas have consequences. Yeah, and and I think to be fair, right, is like you couldn't make. So I think that before Bitcoin, it wasn't like I think that was the best model. You could make that argument, mm-hmm. but I think that you can't make that argument in good faith now. I think yep. we just have a better system, and it, because yep. we have a better system, it, it kind of shines this light yep. upon this uh, basically the nation state model that has been around since the Napoleonic era. Um, and then you're, you're just looking at it and you're like, hmm, wait a second, you know? And, and one of the beautiful things about Bitcoin is that I see it, and, and, and Jordan, it puts a lot of like hope in my heart, right? Which is it's a unifier, right? Yep. You have. Yep whether the different faiths or someone who's atheist or someone's whatever, Bitcoin, it unifies them, right? It brings them together and now they speak a common language. And I think politics, the way that they're currently structured, doesn't do that effectively, right? It it, it kind of like, it it, it, it like fuels the flame, right? And then politicians are just not incentivized to do good by their constituents. They're incentivized actually to get into close proximity to the money printer. Right. So it just messes up the entire system. Yep. And as Bitcoiners, we're looking at this and we're just like, this is so antiquated. This is so old. Opti, you want to do a quick take before yeah, we yeah, move I got on to the next segment? One. I, I got, I'm quick on this one. Like Personally, <laughs> I really appreciate the IMF being this transparent because it's all about control. You know, it's plain as day. The IMF said it themselves in those nine elements. Um, you know, it just shows that the unproductive class is scheming to have a global coordinated attack on Bitcoin. They call it uh, internal collaborative arrangements. You know, they call it oversight and frameworks. I call it clamoring for control. But, you know, what do I always say? You can't ban Bitcoin. You can only ban yourself from Bitcoin. So the amount of word salads that we just read from the IMF uh, (laughs) is absolutely amazing. And the mental gymnastics that we just saw on display to not endorse Bitcoin, again, is absolutely amazing. Uh, Like Bitcoin fixes this. What do we say all the time? Bitcoin has forced a narrative. And this is the only reason why they are, you know, on the back end trying to issue something that kind of resembles Bitcoin, but is really not Bitcoin. But it's something that just continuously perpetuates the fiat system that we are a part of. And again, you know, I've been saying for a while. I can't wait till more politicians and more of the unproductive class comes out this transparently and tells us exactly what we all know. They want to control you. They want to control everything about you. And it's not about your personal protections. It's literally always about control. Reread those nine elements one more time. And with that framing, you'll hear exactly what I heard. Oh, they trying to control you and they're trying to do it in a way with like, hey, citizen, trust us. We know what's best. For I you. just I just don't know. Like and again, like I, I don't want to be so black and white. Opti, I just don't know how you can come to another conclusion. Like after reading that and it, this just goes to a very simple question that I think we need to be asking. Right. You know, as as world citizens, as Americans, why are we being forced to use money that steals from us? Why are we being forced money that loses purchasing power over time? And I don't think I think that question right there is undefensible. I don't think they have an answer for that, which yep. is why I believe they're avoiding it completely. And they're just talking about efficiency of payments. And, you know, we, we, we need a digital payment, but they're, they're avoiding the inflation question altogether. And I think that's really what we need to highlight. And while we highlight that, I think it's really going to really going to bring some things up that they don't want brought up. Anyways, everybody, let's get to the culture. Let's do this. I'm really, really excited to talk about the Thank God for Bitcoin conference. Let's check it out. The Daily Culture. 
brought to you by swanbitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit swanbitcoin.com today. Also, guys, I want to tell you about Swan's new offer. Bitcoin is generational wealth, and you can secure your bright orange future with the Swan IRA. Real Bitcoin, no taxes. Swan offers both traditional and Roth options to best fit your needs. Create your IRA and start adding Bitcoin in less than one minute. Transfers and rollovers are available. Swan's Bitcoin experts will get you set up with no transfer fees and no minimum balance requirements. This is real Bitcoin, not ETF or other derivative. Get the real thing and get it at Swan. Go to swan.com com slash IRA for more details. And of course, if you have any questions, doubts, concerns, my Twitter DMs are open and you can reach out to me and I'll be, I'll try, I'll put you in a person. I'll put you in contact with a person that will be happy to answer any questions you might have about the Swan IRA. Anyways, Opti, it's all yours, my friend. Let's go. All right. Oops. All right. So one of the things we always say here on the show is Bitcoin is for everyone. It's, it's, I think, one of our main mantras on the show. But I don't think that that excludes the idea of niching down the Bitcoin message so specific groups of people understand Bitcoin better. And we got Jordan here. So on a high level, Jordan, what is the thank God for Bitcoin? Uh, what are you guys trying to do? You kind of touched on it earlier, but let's do a little recap and then we'll talk about the conference. And I got one special question for you at the end. So Ooh, I like I'm it. excited for this one. Okay, yeah. So basically, man, again, appreciate you guys having us on. Um, basically, Thank God for Bitcoin came uh, came out of a book uh, that I wrote along with Jimmy Song and Robert Breedlove and Lyle Pratt, who, uh, who's the founder of Vita, Vita Live, um, and then a bunch of other people, George McHale from uh, Bitcoin Magazine, a um, bu bunch of other guys. Um, we, we wrote the book during the lockdown 2022, or sorry, lockdown 2020. Book released early, uh, early 2021, and you know got way better reception than <laughs> than we were imagining that it was going to have. Again, we just were like, "Hey, you know, we think this is interesting." And and then uh, my my favorite my favorite tidbit from the first two months of the book was out. Our book came out the same week as the book by the Pope, and our book was outselling the Pope's book. We were like, "Take that, Pope!" So uh, <laughs> so we were joking about that, but um, but yeah. So basically, we ended up uh, another year later. We ended up founding um basically TGFB Media, basically to create resources um, for, again, largely you're talking Christian churches, you're talking, um, you know, nonprofits, Christian education. Uh, again, you have all kinds of nonprofits, uh, charities. I mean, just again, the in within the United States alone, you're talking about tens of billions of dollars, if not, you know, if not a hundred billion dollars um, of, of money. And these people are doing some of the most important work in the world, helping people all over the place. But with every day that goes by their money, they're able to accomplish less and less of that, of that work because their money is trending towards zero. Um, and so we just wanted to create resources that help explain Bitcoin um, in a way that, that makes sense for um, in a way that, that touches on specific uh, pain points uh, for for the broader Christian world. So um, I grew up in a group in a Christian family. My parents worked for a, a Christian nonprofit. Um, I went to Christian school for a few years. I went to Christian university. Uh, I was a missionary in, in a pastor. So I've seen like every side of if you, you know, if Christianity is this diamond, you keep turning it. I, I've seen every facet of it and lived every facet of it. And, um, and I know, you know, what were the things that when I became a Bitcoiner, the reasons why I got so excited about it and, and just as I saw the potential and saw the ways that it was, it was helping these people who, you know, again, are some of the most vulnerable people in the world. Um, 
And so basically the conference is, is going to be uh, a place where people who don't know anything about Bitcoin can come in and have like a two-day snapshot of, of what it's going to look like. And um, if you go right there and keep scrolling down, you're going to see, I mean, we've got, again, if, if you're thinking about this conference, you're like, well, I'm not a Christian, so for, you know, forget that. Well, again, this is not just to be just, just designed to be a place for, for Christians. We have tons of people, um, a bunch of our speakers are, you know, I wouldn't say a bunch of them, but a number of them aren't, they're, they're not Christians, but they're coming to, to educate, you know, people who are coming from the Christian world to, to learn about this. So again, we have Preston Pish, we've got Eric Hurstman from Gridless. Um, you know, we got Zuby is going to be there. He, for some people, he's controversial, but Greg Foss, um, Larry Lepard, uh, Akeen Fernandez from, uh, you know, from Azteco, the founder of, of Azteco, Justin Moon, Giacomo Zucco. Obviously, these guys need no introduction. Mark Moss, uh, Mike Peterson from Bitcoin Beach, uh, Paul Miller, Mills from Bitcoin Magazine. Um, again, Nico, there you go, BTC Sessions, and Alex Gladstein, like I mentioned. So we have, I mean, it's going to be, and we just have a ton of people who, who you know, were just, who wanted to be involved with the event. Um, again, many who were beyond pretty much, you know, our wildest dreams. The, the biggest, uh, the biggest name who's not going to be there is Jimmy. Song, <laughs> who's one of the people who helped found the business. Jimmy is actually traveling. Uh, he's been traveling this whole year with his family, uh, you know, just traveling the world. Uh, Jimmy and his, his wife and their six kids have been traveling. So he's not actually going to be back in the States yet. Um, but yeah, so basically that's, that's our goal. It's going to be a two day event. Um, you know, the 16th and the 17th. And so basically our, our goal is, Hey, if you're going to be in Miami for the, for the Bitcoin conference, Swing on over, and this is going to be a smaller event where you're going to have you're going to be able to you know meet a lot of these Bitcoiners who you follow on Bitcoin Twitter and all these things. Um, you're going to have pretty intimate access, relative you know, a way more intimate access than you're going to have probably at any point during the regular conference. Um, so we would love to have you. Um, you know, we we do offer. There's like a two day pass. There's also a one day pass. Um, if you're only able to make one of those two days. And then we also have a live stream option that we made available. Uh, we had up until recently, we didn't think that a lot of our, um, a lot of our Canadian Bitcoin uh, friends were going to be able to come uh, due to their, you know, lockdown or their, uh, their vaccine position and all that kind of stuff. So we just, we were like, all right, how do we make, how do we make this conference experience as good as, as good as possible for those people? And then obviously there's people all over the world uh, who, who might be interested. And so we basically uh, found a, a video streaming company that's going to have like a five camera super professional setup. Um, so even if you're not you're not able to be in Miami, we'd love to to you know have you have you be able to participate in that way. Um, and so again, if you use uh, promo code TGFB23, that'll get you 15% off any of those ticketed options. Um, so anyhow, we'd we'd love to have you guys. Love it, absolutely love it. Okay, my my question to you, bro. Uh, I've asked this question before on long form podcasts, and uh, <laughs> I've I think I've given my take on it, but I'd love to hear your take because I've I've asked people this, and it's you know on on some hands it comes from more like a, a scientific rational background, on the okay. other hand it comes from a more like religious background on the answer. So, hey, is Bitcoin divine intervention into the Ooh, fiat madness? That's a spicy Ooh. question. Here bro. it is. Here we go. <laughs> So no, basically what I would say about this is Bitcoin is the same at, at the very least. Like, well, I would say Bitcoin is the same level of divine inter intervention that the printing press was a level of divine intervention, you know, 500 years ago. Um, and so, again, I, I think th there's a, a verse in the book of James that says every good and perfect gift comes from above and, and is a gift is a gift from God. And so I, I don't think we I don't think Bitcoin needs to be like, you know, this it came down 
uh, you know, descended down slowly in a, you know, bathed in light. And, you know, many people, when they think about God doing something, they think of something like that. Um, but I, I, I think that just ideas more broadly, where do ideas come from? And so I, I think about ideas being gifts from God. And so I, I think, again, the, the, the convergence of all of, a, of the number of different ideas that had to happen in order for Bitcoin to be possible. I look at that and, and again, I, I thank God for it. Um, Again, so that's that's maybe not is is maybe not as satisfying an answer as, as some people are looking for. Love it, um, but that's that's how I think about it. Um, again, I, I just think I think it's a great gift um, that that helps humanity to accomplish the goals uh, and the priorities uh, that that God laid out for us to do. Um, and so I would say again, defining that as you know, somebody came up and asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment, and what's the most important thing. But what, what if you had to summarize what it means to be human, how would you do that? And Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the those are the two things. Treat your neighbor the way that you would want to be treated, um, in the sense of seeking their you know seeking their their best interest. And so Bitcoin is money that values and seeks the best interest of the of the individual. Um, it, it prioritizes and, and levels the playing field. Um, rather than creating a hierarchical structure that prioritizes and favors the rich and powerful over over and against the poor, um, so anything that does that is 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 more aligned with uh, with you know God's priorities uh, as He's you know revealed them than a situation uh, than a than a system like the fiat currency system, which basically does the exact opposite. Um, it allows, you know, it, yeah, it favors the rich over and against the poor, and basically. Uh, again, I use the word pimp. I don't use that word lightly. It, it pimps out the poor. It, you know, when you think about what, what pimping is, it's I'm, I'm extracting as much value and, and as I can from someone for my own benefit. And that's exactly what fiat currency does. It, it, it uses people, it uses the, uses the vast majority of people to benefit a select few, whereas Bitcoin, you know, basically leverages the 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 processes that govern the world that exists the proof of work being a, a summation summation of that um it, it it leverages those priorities for the benefit of people all over the world um and so yeah so again i, I it's it's definitely aligned with the, it's the type of thing that god would do that that's what i say is it, it's exactly the type of thing that god would do to to restrain evil as he's done throughout the history um you know throughout history in in, in my mind so yeah and and, and you know and like it, what's what's crazy, Jordan, is that, you know, of course, you know, we could see it from the Christian faith and that's what it does. But the beauty yeah. of Bitcoin is that it, it does these things, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. Right. Yep. And it, it, yep. it causes that, like, yep. you know, that outcome. And that's why I always say it's, it's really the, this great unifier. Right. Yep. So it's like whatever your, you know, religious beliefs are, um, you know, whatever your ideological beliefs are, it's like Bitcoin yeah. just like brings everyone together to this like common denominator, which is Bitcoin. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're speaking the same language, you know, yeah. I get along with Bitcoiners that have completely different ideological perspectives 100%. than me. Yeah. And like, we're friends, we're buddies. We get along just well because it's yeah. like Bitcoin is that, that, that common denominator that you agree on, 100%. you know? And like, I think that's like one of the beauties of Bitcoin and I don't think anything else could do it as good as yeah. Bitcoin, right? Well, and again, and it, the reason for that is because again, money is so it's so inherent to to everyday life. Like it's something that it's designed to be something. Like the reason why fiat currency has been able to be perpetuated for so long is because money is designed to fall into the background. Like it's designed to be forgotten because the point of money is not the money itself. Money is a means to to far greater ends. And so it, that so again, it, it, in one sense, it makes sense that if there's something that 
in Bitcoin, if there's something that can restore and, and, you know, restore the, the ways that, I mean, just the trusted way, the trusted foundation for people to interact with, like it, it would make, it makes sense that that'd be something that people would get excited about. Um, again, there's, there's, again, I a hundred percent agree with you. There's people all over the Bitcoin world, um, you know, who, who again, do not share my beliefs about, you know, ultimate reality at all. Uh, we, we, uh, on April 1st, we did a, uh, a, a joke, uh, speaker announcement for, th for the conference. And it was, uh, we jokingly announced that Alexander, the Bitcoin, uh, was going to be speaking. Alexander, the Bitcoin is a very, uh, very, uh, overt and, uh, vocal atheist <laughs> who has, you know, been in my, in, been in my replies and objecting to all kinds of things. <laughs> um, and we also made one for Canute, but I, I didn't publish it. But uh, but Canute, I mean, he's another one. I, I love Canute to death. Like, give me give me Canute in the you know in the foxhole all day long. Like I you know there's and there's a number of other people. So again, this is not when when I talk about when I talk about God, I'm not out here you know trying to like force this down people's throat. I'm just speaking from this is where I'm coming from. This is how I see things. And there's a lot of people who see things you know the way the way that we do. Who again, we don't have big. There's a ton of people who we don't have Bitcoin in common yet, but we have Jesus in common. And so again, it's, it's leveraging, you, you want to leverage what you do have in common to help make sense of, of what you don't have in common. Um, and so that's, again, that's why thank God for Bitcoin exists. That's a, a part of the reason why, you know, we're a big part of the reason why we're doing the conference. Um, but yeah, just really looking forward to, to helping, you know, people think through and, and just see the consequences of, of not just what you do with your money, because there's tons of people, tons of Christians who, who, have written tons of books and, and published a lot of resources to talk about the, the moral impact of what you do with your money, of how you steward it, what you use it for. But there hasn't been a lot of work that's done, especially in the last few hundred years, about, um, about just like the morality of the, the ethics of money creation itself. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was a book that was a big part of uh, – uh, that helped us a lot when we were writing thank god for bitcoin it was a book by a roman catholic um scholar's name was your guido holzman who wrote the a book called the ethics of money production it's a fantastic book um and it's it's popularizing the uh, the work of a 14th century bishop um named nicholas Oresme, who was basically standing up to the princes of his time and you know saying basically by you expanding the monetary supply by adding lesser lesser metals into your silver and gold coins you guys are you're lying you know, you're, you're lying and you're stealing. This isn't just some peripheral, you know, thing that aren't that big of a deal. That's two of the 10 commandments, you know, you guys are breaking. And so in my mind, again, this is something that, you know, throughout, throughout history, you've seen, um, you know, people be willing to stand up to governments to speak the truth to them that they might not want to hear for the benefit of their people. This is an important role um, in, in being willing to suffer for doing so. Um, I think this is this is uh, this is a big test that's going to be coming up to for for Bitcoiners is, you know, again, it, it's been we've been fringe and we've been laughed at and ignored for you know the first 14 years largely. Of Bitcoin, but we're coming to a point where Bitcoiners are going to be to be hated, and they're going to be you know potentially sought out and you know um, you know punished for for what they're doing. Um, and I, I just think that this is going to be this is going to be the next test. It's not going to just be the test of Bitcoin. It's going to be the test of uh, of Bitcoiners and their willingness to suffer uh, for this this tool that is very helpful and very useful. Um, I think this is this principle brought more broadly is you know the how valuable is something to you? Are you willing to suffer for it? This is a test that whether you're, you're playing sports, whether you're, you're, you're going to war, you know, who's willing to suffer more is, is frequently one of the, one of the tests of, of the strength and the truthfulness of, 
of an idea or of a movement or whatever. Um, and so I think this is just something that it's, it's, this is the, the next test that's going to be coming, coming down the pike for, for many Bitcoiners. Yeah. 100%. Wait, wait, Nico, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh man. Opti with the soundboard. It wouldn't be simply Bitcoin without it. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, and, and I and I agree with you. I, I I do see the storm clouds gathering. I mean, we 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 just covered it diligently on the yeah. news, right? This is a separation of money and state, and I can't emphasize this enough, guys. You know, whatever your political leanings are, whatever your ideological leanings are, this is what literally why we leave this type of you know we try to make simply Bitcoin as inclusive as humanly possible um, and neutral. Um, because we that's the fight that's the fight here right the the fight is this is not red versus blue this is green versus orange and we need as many people as humanly possible on the orange side and i think that's exactly what you're doing i thank god for bitcoin um obviously i see it personally from that perspective i'm, yep. I'm catholic right but yep. again i yep. leave my personal views completely yep. out of the conversation yep. just to make you know make this movement as inclusive as possible, bring everyone together. Um, and I think really, if you do that, that's how we win, right? Um, so anyways, Jordan, it's totally been a great honor to have you on Simply Bitcoin today. Yep. Really, really enjoyed this conversation. It's been great. Uh, super looking forward to uh, the chat that uh, you dropped it on me live. I know. So I love that. I love that great show, great showmanship. I love yep. that. Absolutely. So that should be, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. And just, you know, Alex has done an incredible job yep. just kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of yep. how the IMF portrays itself versus what the actual outcomes or what, what, what the, like what, what are the damages that the IMF has done, right? I think that it was started in good faith, but I think it Frankensteined into this creature um, that I think is just, it does more harm than good. And I truly, truly believe that. Yep. So anyways, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? And uh, of course, everyone knows what you're working on these days because yep. yeah. <laughs> we just spoke about it. Yeah, no, yeah. So you can find, I mean, you find, thank God for Bitcoin at, at right there at the bottom of the screen. Thank God for BTC. Um, and then you can find me at, at JM Bush writes, um, W I W R I T E S. Um, you can find us at TGFB.com. Like I said, if you use promo code TGFB 23, that'll get you 15% off any of those ticketed options. Um, the other thing I sent Nico, I sent you on, uh, on, uh, Twitter. I sent you in a Twitter DM, a design for a, a t-shirt that we have coming out. Um, we're going to have it at the conference. I don't know if you want to throw it up or not, but that that's going to be coming out. We, we have a, a designer. It's Kane, the Oracle at Kane, the Oracle. I just want to shout him out. He has been straight up. He's been on a heater, man. He's been cooking up merch for, for the conference. And he's just doing a fantastic job. Um, but yeah, so that's there, there it is right there. So there's, there's this old graphic. It's basically the same tagline showing the printing press. Um, it's the, the printing press, you know, 500 years ago was the tyrant's foe and the people's friend. And so now thinking about like Bitcoin, Bitcoin very much is fitting in that role. And obviously that's an S9. So, um, again, this is, this is something, again, th this has such big consequences for people around the world. Um, and again, using, using this language, you know, there might be some people who I, I wouldn't think within Bitcoiners, you're going to find much objection to that. But again, we, we want to be creating uh, resources and content that can, can cut through and reach just real people um, who aren't yet Bitcoiners to help them see the value proposition. Um, so yeah, I just, again, appreciate you guys, appreciate what you do and, and doing exactly that. So looking forward to, to seeing you in Miami.
Likewise, man. Really looking forward to getting to getting to hang out with you and meet you in person. Really looking forward to it. Guys, get your tickets for Thank God for Bitcoin. It will be around during the Bitcoin conference. So it's, it's a great opportunity to go to uh, both events. We went through the speaker list. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. Guys, before we close out the show, I want to give a shout out to our clothing sponsor, RepresentLTD.com. I wear the merch every single day. They're dropping Simply Bitcoin merch, and for the ladies that were asking for it, we're they're coming out with lady-specific Simply Bitcoin merch as well. And of course, check out all the other merch on the RepresentLTD.com store. You can use promo code SIMPLY-BITCOIN. And of course, I want to give a shout out to Kaboom Racks. Best place to buy an ASIC. You gotta go gotta join their marketplace. And the way that you do that is you gotta go to you gotta go to t.me slash kaboom racks. That's where you're gonna find the best deals on Bitcoin miners. They're constantly dropping new deals that are popping up. You gotta join the Telegram group. It's literally absolutely free if you're looking to getting into Bitcoin mining. Go to kaboomracks.com. And if you want to go straight to the marketplace, go to t.me slash kaboomracks. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the show, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Consider subscribing. But the number one thing you could do to help this channel, not only help this channel, but help the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share all Bitcoin content. Don't be exclusive. Be inclusive. Of course, don't share shitcoin content. Stay away from shitcoins. They're bad for you. But share Bitcoin content. That's how we win this peaceful Bitcoin revolution. Love you all. We'll see you tomorrow, 1215 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. I totally forgot, too. If you want to hang out in the after party, we're hosting it until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our friends over at swanbitcoin.com. Best place to build your Bitcoin stack. So if you guys want to hang out for the after party, go tune in to Twitter Spaces now. All right. Now I'm really tuning out. I'll see you guys tomorrow, 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love you all. Peace out.